There are many different types of companies and organizations that chase customers for payment. And one of the ones that we haven't tackled in the past, Simon, but which are very much in need of support are associations, business associations, membership associations of any kind that rely on members to pay their annual dues. Maybe it's a gym membership. Maybe you're a social club of some sort. Maybe you're a chamber of uh, business in your area, in your town, in your region. All of these associations rely on your payments as members to keep the lights on and to represent you if it is a business chamber. But when you talk to the chambers, Simon, they'll tell you just how difficult it is just to get members to pay. Here are some of the horror stories that we've heard from the people who are gainfully employed at these associations tasked with chasing your membership dues. They say things like this, if you leave the current organization as per the constitution, you have to let the association know that you've done it. All too often, people leave companies and don't let the association know. When the association then chases for payment, hey, where's our annual own, you know, uh, uh, dues? They'll find that the email has bounced because you're no longer there and that nobody at that organization seems to know anything about the membership. Months pass before that finally they get through to the right person and then they can sign up the company again, this time with a different contact person. And of course they have to sell the whole idea all over again. Here's another one. Oh, this particular individual has moved back to their home country. That must have come from an international chamber. Here's another one. We don't have budget this year. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that might be an issue but in the COVID times, but you would think that these membership fees are anyway reasonable. And here's another one, Simon. We never benefited from the membership last year, so we don't see why we should sign up again this year. And there are a few more. Any initial reactions to what you must be? Well, I'm a chair of an association that has somewhat similar um, issues. I mean, I think the first thing to say is that if you're properly in touch with your members, these things should not come as a surprise. So um, if you know what your members' activities are, are they coming to meetings, for example? Are they going to the website? listening to listening <coughs> the podcast, reading the literature, what, however you measure your services. And then if you, al you have an alert which says, well, the membership's coming up for renewal in a month or two months or three months or whatever it is, and you then go and do your due diligence and discover that nobody from that company has been to a meeting or in any way interacted, then you can do a heat map and the heat map will tell you which companies are most likely not to renew their membership based on the level of the lack, lack of engagement. So in terms of the lack of engagement, first of all, there are lots of things you can do if you're alert to this to engage them. And the obvious thing to do is to make phone calls to the member or members from that company and specifically invite them to events that you know are going to titillate or please them. So you re-engage them. And when you're re-engaging them, then you can have the product. Then you can have the conversation around. It's great to see you as you know the re renewal's coming up on the 15th of July. I mean, the notion that you can get people to sign a contract that says we're going to renew you every year on the 3rd of July forever. Um, I mean, I, l I understand why you'd want to do that. But if you're going to do it that way, then you absolutely have to, you have to engage with them in sufficient time before the renewal comes up to ensure that if there are issues, you've addressed them. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. In, your, in your experience, though, is that value there? Because half the time when I think of some of the associations uh, that I've been a member of over the years, they're kind of glorified social clubs. Yeah. Uh, you go along for drinks, and it's, it's all very interesting to meet people. Sometimes they bring other chambers along, right, uh, so that your, your network enlargens. But it's very hard to quantify that. So when annual renewal time comes around, you don't really look back and say, oh, I met Jack at this networking event two Christmases ago, and therefore I will re-sign my renewal for this uh, association. No, I mean, I, you know, in terms of getting value, um, you know, if it, there's a whole gamut of, of, of different kinds of subscribers. The first kind is large company subscribers don't really care about the cost and may come or may not come and may go on renewing forever. Those are great. Those are great mm -hmm. subscribers. The second kind, they sign up um, because you've sold them maybe and they don't get value out of it because they've signed up, one person signed up or they've taken up a subscription and maybe first of all they're not coming or availing themselves of the product but it might be because they don't know about it. So. The second thing is, have you made sure that there is a post-close follow-up? So you get one, typically one point in an organization or one or two people that choose to buy the membership. Do other people that have the opportunity to use it know what it is that you're offering and do they get engaged? So, you know, you know I always say the same thing on all of these matters of getting paid on time and engaging with customers is it's up to you to provide whatever level of engagement and accuracy is necessary to minimize the opportunity that your customer, in this case subscriber, client, member, has for paying you late. And one of the primary things you need to do is to find out if they're actually, because the question, are they getting any value out of it? Well, if they're not showing up and they're not ever using any of your products or interacting with any of your members, then you can be pretty sure they don't feel they're getting any value out of it. So try and ensure they do get value out of it. You know try and maybe set them up for discussions with other members that they're going to find interesting, perhaps from the same industry, perhaps from industries that they aim to recruit. There are things that you can do proactively to get people to engage after they've disengaged yes. or haven't engaged because they didn't know about it. Well, you know, one of the associations that we've been a member of puts it very nicely. You only get out of a membership what you put into yeah. it. And, and, and so they can put on as many social events as, as they want. The fact is, if you never show up, well, it's like having a gym membership and never lifting any weights. So I get that, but there are other chambers that we've been members of where, you know, when, when I first expressed an interest of joining them, two of them hopped into a taxi, yeah. this is oh, pre-COVID, yeah. right, hopped into a taxi straight away and immediately came to my office. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. Um, no sooner had I signed up when I, I took this idea of the gym membership parallel to heart and I said, cool, you know, I'm, I don't believe in just signing up as a member and then maybe I'll show up for drinks one night. I want to be actively involved. Never heard from them again. Didn't reply to emails. When I then saw them at events, oh yeah, yeah, we have to reply to your email. There was just, they were, they were so keen to sign me up, so keen to collect the membership fee. I think that's but, a very, but very typical. But when I then wanted to engage, I was there wanting to take advantage in this gym membership sort of mentality. Contribute, zero interest. So um, everything up to the time that you sell, that's selling, and then you have something after that that's called fulfillment. I use that term because it's a very broad description of providing all your goods and services to the person that's paid you or signed up or whatever it is. 
and that needs to be managed. Remember we said earlier, you need to find out whether or not your subscriber is showing up and is doing anything. And to your point, you need to have fulfillment staff who are looking at members and making sure that they, their attention is brought to things that might interest them, that they are invited to specific events where they are met, recognized, and introduced to other people. At the end of the day, mostly, it's in your hands whether or not a member gets value. If you don't reach out to them proactively, and, and particularly in a commercial organization, they're all going to be really busy. All executives are really busy. They're really busy. The next time that they remember that they are, they're a member of whatever association it is, is when they get an invoice. Yes. Uh, and then they think, well, that's strange. I've forgotten that I joined that other thing. But, you know, hey, has anyone ever been to any of these things? Yeah, I went to one, and it wasn't very good, and the canapes were stale. And, you know, it's, uh, and uh, so, so the answer is proactivity fulfillment, engage with your members, ensure that they have a path, you know. Um, it's not that hard to design it. You know, what are your offerings? Who is your member? What are they going to get most value from? I mean, uh, if it were down to me, and I'm, I'm not being asked a fulfillment question, if it were down to me, I would do profiles of my new members and I would have a way of aligning members based on their industry, personality, gender, age, with specific things and groups and activities and, and, and seminars and all of that kind of thing. Well, on, on occasion you do see on the notice board, mm -hmm. right, we'd like to welcome X, you know, Mr, Mrs, Ms, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's not really a profile or an introduction, right? Many well, of that's these uh, new members get, get, it, get called out. I mean, there are clubs that do. I've been to clubs that do that. So yeah, sure, and, and yeah. that's very nice, but that's not exactly the same as taking the next step, which is what you're suggesting, and that is to say, hey, uh, Mr. Tan, Madam Lee, whoever it is, uh, you're in the chemicals industry or hoteliers industry, whatever, whatever it is. Here are five people or ten people who you might be interested in meeting. I mean, that never happens in associations, in my experience. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I don't know why. I mean, in today's digital age, it's incredibly easy to track and manage subscriber relationships in that manner. Um, all you have to do is make sure you keep a good database of your members and the broader world mm -hmm. and make sure that there is some kind of process of management and correlation. It doesn't even have to be that intense. I mean. What you do is you'd, you'd start off with some, the engagement has to be hard at the beginning because once they're started and they've met people, you know, um, there's something else which I think about it and it's interesting because these are challenges that I have come across in my life previously. The buddy system. So don't just rely on your staff for ensuring that you reach out and define the features and benefits that are available to members. Try and align them with one or possibly two existing. You'll always have staunch members. There are people that will be very positive. They've been a member for a long time. They like it. They like you. Get them to say, well, are you prepared to take on one or two newbies every month? I like it, the buddy system. And, and reach out to them and say, hey, welcome. It's really good. I've been a member for X years. And the, and the question is, tell them how to tell the member how to get the most out of it. So you're a new member. To get value out of this, here's what you need to do. And why don't we sit down? And So um, that's something else that I do because, you know, You've got limited resources, you can't micromanage every member, but you can get enthusiastic existing members to do a lot of that work for you. And it's surprising how keen they are to do it. And depending on where they are in life, you've got retired people who are on their own, who've got time to do this and they like it. And maybe you let them charge a, a couple of beers to, to, the, to the whatever it is. I'm, I don't know what, I don't so know the what, association the account, association or, account or whatever or often it is. they have their own clubhouse, yeah, so you can just do it there. Uh, right? You know, and it wouldn't be that hard over time to create a little, um, team of, of people who, who enjoy doing that. 
um, and they may get benefits from it as well. You know, one thing to avoid though when you do do that is make sure they're not commercial. In other words, make sure they're not trying to flog insurance or yes. uh, or a motor car or um, or uh, you know a new kind of paint or something to um, to the member. <laughs> yes, well, no, because because that, well, whatever it is. But I mean that destroys. I mean you know I have chaired and read and recruited to a number of different associations over the years, be they chambers of commerce, professional associations. And one of the things that kills relationships stone dead is if you sell to people. Now, I, I'd say that's, that's a big problem with many associations. I'm not going to say it's Singapore particularly, but in general is you tend to get the hierarchy of the association incre increasingly colonized by companies that have a vested interest in selling stuff to yes. the members. So, so the description of, of, of the notion that it's a, we're all helping each other is not entirely true. If you look at the hierarchy of many membership associations, um, you've got people on the board who clearly, who insurance, owners of an insurance company, owners of a headhunting company, owners of a consulting company, um, you know, a, a range of people who are proffering services who have a vested interest in building relationships. I mean, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you run the risk, because people aren't stupid. They see who's, who's on the board and they know who comes up to them first and hands out their card. You know, yes, often uh, two cards. Well, I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> I mean, I think of a well-known brand that kind of went through that change in the time, and I've been in Singapore many decades, and uh, it went from being a place where you primarily met other professionals to a place where increasingly you met people that would come up to you get hold of your card and then the next thing you'd know they'd be writing to you. Once, once that mis mix becomes, it can become toxic. Yeah. You, can, you can have a certain, I mean. You feel a bit ambushed, right? Yeah. I want to join this yeah. professional yeah. association because I oh, feel yeah. that I've totally. mixed with my peers totally. and next thing uh, somebody's trying to fly. And, and of course I'm being a complete hypocrite because I, because I write and I, I coach. So, I, so, I'm look, so I'm looking for business. but. But you know, there's, there's ways of getting business and ways of not getting business. You know? Okay, so but back to the association, trying to prove its worth to its members so that they pay their invoices. Well, on do time. you believe in your worth? Is the first question. What? Have an internal look. Poll your members. What are the things that they like? What are the things that they don't like? You can actually use that in your engagement process. You can say, we regularly ask our members, and here's what they say they really like. So if we look at the top three things, which is making good friends, coming to meet, whatever it is, let's. Let's get you started on that. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going I'm to suggest that you, you buddy up with you know Mark Lowdy, who's one of our longest standing members, uh, and if you can cope with his jokes, he'll help you. Oh, um, no, <laughs> nobody will ever join then. And uh, and no, but he can guide you through you know what's good and how you can get value and all those mm -hmm. kinds of things. In fact, uh, he's coming. He's going to be at our event uh, on Wednesday. Um, why don't you make that your first event? I'll be, I'll be there too. I'll make sure to meet you. Bring your wife. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just. Husband. But that's only that's only a two or three minute phone call. It's not, or even a WhatsApp. It's not hard. Yes, you know? it isn't hard. A couple of other things. Um, so, firstly, I'm interested in what other, over the many decades, to use your words, uh, that you've been around, what are some of the other really innovative ways that have glued you to an association? Because you know, particularly for chambers of commerce, it's either the networking with other members, or it is representing the industry's interests to the government or other stakeholders yes. to lobby or, them. Or, is there anything in between? Um, well, the, the, the thing, one of the things you miss out there is that the, the, the most well-adjusted human beings and the happiest human beings also have a sense of self-worth which is derived from helping others. So it's also quite useful if you get involved in other things and you promote other things that aren't directly 
um, connected to making money or building your own brand. Um, I'm not saying those things aren't valuable and important, but often the bonding and the sense of self-worth and the identity of the institution itself um, um, are rendered more palatable, clearer, um, more esteemable um, by the things that you do for others. So, so, so you're not suggesting volunteering in the local aged care home or something? No, no, but I mean there's esteemable stuff that you can do, um, and no question. I mean in this day and age it would, be, it would be sustainability, it would be whatever it happens to be, you know. Mm -hmm. um, people are, you know, human beings are very engaged in a, in a, in a variety of things. Um, uh, and um, so, so I wouldn't um, necessarily sneeze at opportunities to do other non-networking related things mm -hmm. um, and, um, and um, get away from the focus on purely business networking, yes. you know? Two other points. One is about the price of these memberships. Now, one of the people we spoke to in preparation for this podcast said that uh, the so-called premium members do pay faster than ordinary members. I guess they're the ones, you know, whose, whose names appear much bigger uh, on the, uh, the, the members' uh, website. Or uh, they have big budgets because they belong to companies that are quite happy just to buy these things. Indeed, but they pay faster than ordinary members. So, in other words, it isn't really a matter of price. Or is it? Um, it's a, no, you're saying it's a matter of liquidity. Um, no, I'm saying is it a matter of... I, well, I don't know. Is it a matter of value? Because if the ordinary members anyway already pay just a little bit compared to the, you know, the, the premium ones who, as I said, have their logos kind of on the, well, I mean, on on the, the issue On the issue of payment terms, and we haven't talked about this very specifically, but my view on this is, is you can be quite binary about whether or not people are entitled to come to your meetings if they haven't paid, provided you've communicated that in advance. It's like, look, you know, this is a professional association. Um, we are very diligent about, you know, you and I have talked about this many times about the services that we provide, which are laid out in your in your membership letter. Um, in exchange, we also expect prompt adherence to all the other terms, which are to do with you know comportment at a meeting, you know gender and, and sustainability and blah, blah blah blah, and also payment terms, which is very important. You know we're only f we're funded by member donations. We have no we are, by some member subscriptions. We have no external source of, of, of revenue. We therefore respectfully insist that you meet your obligations and it, should you sign up for a membership but not pay us then after a month um, we'll I'm afraid not be able to allow you to participate anymore I mean you know I, I really would do that because you see you can have that conversation when you're onboarding somebody if you haven't had that conversation and all it's all been about glad handing and how much you love them and so on and so forth then when a month or two months in you start threatening because that's what it sounds like yes. threatening to bar them from actually entering the premises or coming to events, again, you've got yourself into, a, into, a, into an ugly situation. Avoid the ugly situation by getting it out and clear in the first place. Get them to explicitly agree, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You understand that that's fair. If, you know, cause if yes. you don't, and they say, yeah, that's fair. So, okay, so, um, so you know. Good, because at that stage, they still want to sign up, right? It's modality, which we talked about a couple of times. When your relationship is at a certain point, you can have certain discussions, which, if you have them at another point, are inherently toxic, which is why the whole world of Dunning letters, which we talked before, which is waiting for a long time until things become overdue and they become a problem, and then you start hurling around threats and, and extra payments and lawyers and, you know, and, and weaponry of various kinds. Uh, that's not a place that you really want to be. So don't get there, you know? Yes. One last point. 
and that is in relation to uh, finding the middle ground. In other words, this particular member doesn't want to sign up again for whatever reason. Um, and, and so one of the things that one of the people we spoke to said is that offering prorated membership dues is one way to keep them on for at least a, a couple of months, even if later on you end up having to terminate them halfway through the year, through the membership year. Um, also, warning of immediate termination of membership often gets members to finally cough up Yeah, cash. it's a pity you have to go there. I mean, you'd only do that if you've made it very clear explicitly in advance, and that would include a face-to-face -face debrief. Look, um, a lot of companies, a lot of individuals are under, because to some extent, these membership fees depend on individuals working for companies that may or may not have budgets, and one of the things that we haven't discussed explicitly is the fact that that world has changed. I mean, at the beginning of last year, when companies had to shut down here in Singapore and elsewhere, um, there were many situations where all discretionary spend was stopped. So spending on subscriptions, consultants, and you simply have to recognize that. And if it's stopping, you've got a variety of things that you can do. If they're long members in members who are long standing and they're generally interested, you might find a way of keeping them. What you don't want is you don't want everyone to walk out the door, right? You want to keep the thing going, right? So you need to think creatively about how you keep it going. Different varieties of funding, um, changes to the subscription. I mean, there are pros and cons there. You know, if you move from an annual subscription to a monthly subscription, there are a few things that you risk. Um, of course, one of the things that you risk is churn. You get a lot, of, a lot of churn, which is that people come and go and you don't get the kind of loyalty and the, and the assimilation that's very important to, to a membership association. There's something else, secondly, that you get, which is a lot more toxic, which is you get people coming along, harvesting your Rolodex and then disappearing again. After just one month. That's a very, very common thing. And in fact, I, you know, I work with a couple of associations and that's something that we guard against. And the way that we guard against it is we say, um, we say we offer a refund of membership without question after one month, but you have to pay the year's membership or six months. Or so you have to pay it so, first. So, so we moved from annually to quarterly when the, when the problem started. But so what we don't say is come along and take a look and then maybe you can pay monthly because what happens is everyone says, oh, yes, that's a good idea. And they all come along and they all hand out their business cards. And the next thing you know, all your members are being importuned <laughs> by, by, you know, by, by, by fish sellers. And uh, well, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, all, sorts of, all sorts of characters that are punting all sorts of things. You know? Yes. Uh, and then bless them. They're absolutely, I wish them luck punting all sorts of things. But it's, it's really not helpful in a member association to be sort of cornered like that. And I know I've seen people being cornered like that. Um, sometimes, it's, you know, generally I'm thinking, damn, I wanted to corner him, but everyone else is doing it, you know? Uh, <laughs> because yes, I sell my services, but there's a way to do it and a way not to do it, yeah? Yes. I mean, if anyone is thinking of selling their services and joining a member association, the way not to do it is to crowd in. The way to do it is just, is to put that on the back burner, build relationships and let people know about you, trust you, like you. And then in due course, some of them will actually ask you about what you do and, and you'll get business, yeah? So patience. Patience, courtesy, civility. These are the things that you need, not, oh, there's it's, lots of people in this room. Let me hand out a card and, to each of them and get their yes. phone numbers and phone them up immediately tomorrow morning. And, yes, you know, that's not just damaging to your own reputation, but also that of the Surprisingly common. Yes. Hmm. Simon Littlewood, thank you for those insights. And if you are uh, working for an association of any sort and you have thoughts on how to get your members to pay you on time, renew their membership dues, uh, pay them before the third reminder letter, drop us an email at service at riabu.com.